On today's show, why are NBA teams ignoring the Denver Nuggets model? And who could be the next team to win a championship by practicing patience? Plus, could there ever be a Deion Sanders in the NBA? All of that and much more on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Matas. However you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Adam, I thought we could take a little bit of a different approach to today's show. There's a ton of huge topics going on in the sports world. Coach Prime, in your backyard, Deion Sanders, maybe the biggest story in all of sports. We're going to ask if that model could be replicated at the NBA later on, and then later we're going to see if we can cast an NBA reality TV show in the style of Netflix's quarterbacks. But I want to start with some of the news that has been hitting the NBA, mainly stars on the move or potentially on the move. The biggest one, obviously, lately has been Giannis, right? Giving those interviews to the New York Times, uh, talking about, hey, if it doesn't look like I can win a championship here in Milwaukee, I might ask to be traded. So there are teams around the league preparing for Giannis to potentially be on the market and demand not, a trade. By the way, Wes, not because yeah. of those comments. Those comments are just the latest in a string of clues yes. that Giannis might feel that he is not a lifer in Milwaukee. Absolutely. And so, look, the Bucks are on alert. I, I think I, I agree with you. This is not new news to them. But it is interesting that Giannis is taking this messaging now. Right with and he could be on a new team within twelve months. That's basically what we're looking at here. And so, yeah, he, he also could not. I do take his comments literal, and it, you yeah. know that he is really just saying, "I would stay here if the situation is good, as it is at the moment. But if not, it's not a trade yeah. demand, right? This is more of yeah. like, let me put some pressure on you publicly so that you guys kind of revamp the roster and show me that there's a vision for like two, three, four years down the road, right? That's kind right. of the number one priority I take it at. Yeah, he's revealing his values or, or what seems to be his values for how he'll make his decisions. One guy that didn't really take that stance was Damian Lillard, maybe waited a little too long to demand his trade. He's obviously out there, the Heat being the, the destination that he wants to get to. Then there's the stuff around James Harden. There's the stuff around Joel Embiid and all of this stuff. And I can't help but think, Adam, it's like, look, I know that we live in a, an age of stars getting traded and and all these things and, and being on the move all the time. and organizations kind of always being scared of their star turning around and asking for a trade tomorrow. Right. And I look at the teams that made the final four last year in the NBA, the Miami heat, the Boston Celtics, the Denver nuggets, and then the Lakers obviously were the other one there. But I look at those other three, the nuggets, the heat and the Celtics, and all of them kind of built patiently, right? The Celtics got to the finals two years ago, Eastern conference finals, three of the last four years. Like they're there, right? Like they are a, legit contender even if they don't have the ring and they kept Jalen Brown just extended him they kept Jason Tatum where it looked like there was opportunities to maybe trade Jalen Brown and maybe make a bigger splash they kept their dudes and they seem to have a long runway here that they're working with even if Celtics fans are a little impatient but these guys are young and they're good and they're under contract you look at the heat most I know they made the Jimmy Butler trade but other than that they built organically right Bam Adebayo Tyler Hero all these sort of uncovered gems and I I will say it's hard to say built organically when the main player is the the new piece, but it is true, but it's just Jimmy Butler's a big piece to, 
you know, to throw into the mix. Sure, absolutely. But they also didn't take like the big summer, like where we're going to go get Kawhi and Paul George. And they didn't make those big. Sw- so, right. but I mean, the model, the real model here that we're talking about is your Denver Nuggets, right? I, yeah, I just, the only reason I bring it up is because you are right. You have me thinking about Miami in that way, but I, I wasn't thinking about them. Most people don't think about Miami as an organically built team because they're always in the hunt for Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, now Damian Lillard, but they didn't get any of those guys. But you're right. Damian Lillard, they're no longer the organic team because they're going to trade probably their Tyler Hero, their homegrown guy, whatever. Right. The model is the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic, that report coming out that they could have traded Jamal Murray for maybe a bigger name superstar in the past. This is not a team that's fully just drafted by themselves, but they made smart trades for Aaron Gordon and some other guys in the past. They obviously drafted Michael Porter Jr. Um, they filled out the, you know, that you go and sign a sensible uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, right? There's no such thing as a team that's just drafted wholly, but they were patient. To me, it's like the patience is the part yeah. of it where you see like superstars now are just not patient. Teams today are just not patient. I would argue that the Cavaliers would have been better off maybe being a little bit more patient mm, than kind of making yeah. that Donovan Mitchell deal. So um, obviously that I think is the model. You, 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 you tend to, see teams that win championships kind of lay blueprints, but yet that's not how the NBA works. The NBA just wants stars and it's hard to blame teams that want to get stars because they're stars and they're awesome and they're worth billions of dollars for your organization and they're very good. But I just, I, I kind of wanted to pose the question to you, Adam, and reframe it. And, and with all the, the news of maybe the next star being on the move, kind of going the other way, what's the team that might be lurking that could be mm-hmm. the next Denver Nuggets? The team that's not involved in the Giannis, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid kind of trade scuttlebutt. A team that might be just kind of, kind of sleeping giant, and two, yeah. three years from now could be a legit contender. Well, first of all, before I answer that, it, this is a really interesting thing because as you're talking, it made me think. In the last 13 years, the Warriors had repeat success, and they were the probably the best example of this. Of course, they yeah. got Kevin Durant, that makes it a little murky, but they were the slow build team with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Great PR um, on the Warriors calling them like the homegrown team. They got Kevin Durant. That was they got I don't Kevin know. Durant really. <laughs> they had two great years. Yes. You know, two finals appearances in a row. And what I why I'm saying he won 73 that games without him. Yeah. They weren't a one-off team, Correct. right? Um, the Miami Heat were example of a super team there, but then you had the Spurs, who were a slow build team that went to two straight finals as well. Yep. So there's precedent for this not just working, but working for a sustained period. And even the other teams, I mean, like, they won the, the yeah. Bucks won a championship doing it this way, right? Right. So, but there's but long term success. It Correct. seems like it's the teams that can stay around for a while, whereas some of these other super teams, Cavs, you know, even Toronto, it's like a, a short window and then it, it closes or what have you. But when we look now, I think the obvious answer for the first one you would throw out is Oklahoma City. Yep, that's I mean, they're the ones that are the the team that went with all the draft picks and now they have Shea Gildas Alexander, a legitimate cornerstone piece. They have Jalen Williams, who I think is a sneaky good. Maybe like as could be as good as a second piece. He's that good of a player. Yeah. They have Giddy, who's a phenomenal player, and then now they have Chet Holmgren. So this is a team that's probably a couple years away from true title contention, but they have all of the pieces and assets to be that exact team that if they don't speed up the process and just kind of play this out, in two years' time, their window probably opens and stays open for a good good amount of time. Shay's that dude, right? He's that no dude. And I, that when I'm looking at teams that could build organically, do you have that dude? Because if you have the dude – yeah. Then you're allowed that patience. You're afforded that patience. You got the superstar. You don't have to go looking for it elsewhere. That was the best thing about the Denver Nuggets is you end up drafting Nikola Jokic in the second round, and it's boom. We have our guy now. And, and now I think the biggest around. biggest hurdle teams face when they're trying to be the slow grind team is they overestimate how good their best player is. 
because when you said that dude, you really mean a top 10 player. Like you say, we believe Shea can be a top 10 player, which you kind of have to have to win a title. You can't have the 15th best player be your best guy. That's a really, really difficult formula. But Shea appears to be a guy that can be in that you, MVP caliber. Would player. you have him in that top 10 right now? Would you have him in your top 10? Like in that, I'd, in have, that to really, kind of, I'd yeah. have to list him out. But if you were asking me if there's 10 guys I would take ahead of him going into this next season, I think the answer is no. I think he's going to be a, a one of the better performers this year. I wonder if there's another step for him to take to kind of get to that top six kind of level where those the the Stephs and the Embiid's and the Giannis yeah. and the Jokic's and the LeBron's and the KD's kind of live. I don't know. But. Well, I think about this all the time, Wes. There's a couple different pillars of this. One of them is skill and talent, and I think he's already there. So to me, I think he yeah. is in that category. Will he get better? He can get better in meaningful ways. But for superstars, and like this is an example of Zion. Zion had that stretch where he scored 20 points in like 30 yeah. games or something that hadn't been done by anybody and, you know, whatever. And you looked at it and go, okay, he's got the talent part. That part's we already – that box is checked. But then it becomes mental toughness, leadership, camaraderie, like all these different things that you have to – that we just kind of overlook. Those are the types of things that I think become the next level to do you get your team over the hump? And that's where Shea's at now. We don't know that, but we're going to yeah. find that out here. I think the other part of kind of getting the whole team over the hump and into that contender part is, all right, we've got our guys. Right now, Oklahoma City has been doing it smart, right? Talent acquisition mode, draft pick into talent and all these things. Just throw as much talent on this roster as possible. But we're already seeing it this year where there's a little bit of a like a talent overflow and they're going to have to make some hard cuts and some hard decisions right. here. And it just feels like this team is going to have to make some sort of consolidation trade in the future. And whatever that looks like is another podcast, but it's like, okay, you've got a, you've got your guy in Shea and now you got to identify what works around Shea. Right. right. And so I, I don't think that that's rocket science, but then you got to go find those guys. So what's the Aaron Gordon trade right in the, in the future for the Oklahoma city thunder, what's that hard decision to let um, a Monty Morris or somebody like that go and kind of turn the page and, and, and go in a, in, in a different direction. Like what are those decisions and can they nail them? Can Sam Presti nail those decisions? I, that's the yeah. stuff that turned the nuggets from like, Hey, this yeah. is a very good team to a champion, you know? Um, Another team I have my eye on here is the Orlando magic. Thanks. This is, this would them. be my sleeper team here, I guess yeah. I would say, but I just love, I mean, first of all, their front court is one of my favorite in all of the NBA from especially favorite young ones with Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro. Wendell Carter is still youngish and, and a really, really good player. Um, and then, of course, you have, you know, Jalen Suggs. You, we'll see what happens with him. Um, Mo Wagner, who guys. I like. Yeah. You, you still have some young players that um, might turn into something. So they have, to me, they're they're another team that has been on this slow grind that I don't, we'll, we'll see if they turn the corner. I like the Anthony Black pick for them. I thought that got panned a little bit too hard. I thought it just made sense for them. Markel Fultz, we'll see what happens with him. Um, I had Orlando on my list too because if Paolo Bencaro can take that step, and I love that he participated with Team USA at this point of his career, you could be like, okay, this is what it is. This is what it's like being around Steve Kerr and Eric Spolster and those guys. Like, I think that could be really important to him. The other yeah. team I had was the Spurs, just because of Wemby. I just felt like you kind of had to have him there. It's <laughs> it's early, but you know, you like some of the pieces, Devin Vassell and these guys. Like, we'll see. But you, if, if Wemby really is that dude. Then we might be talking about something. So I just I thought it was that, worth that, that's a one man core. That, yeah, that we're just kind of like if they keep that core together, it's Wemby. If they keep him, <laughs> don't sleep on it. Sohan, man. Yeah. <laughs> don't sleep on hey, Sohan. You're right. You're right. Yeah. They got some other pieces here. Uh, I I I included Sacramento because I feel good about them and they make me happy. I don't know that they could. I don't know that like the 
as much as Sabonis and Darren Fox and as great as that they are, they're, I, I wouldn't con- consider either of them top 10 kind of capital G guys, capital D dudes. Like, I wouldn't put them in that yeah. category. So I, I kind of have a hard time seeing them reach that level, but I just wanted to include right. them because they were kind of fun. The other team I wanted to include was Cleveland. They're also, real quick, they're also not that that organic. That's true. A That's lot true. of trades, like Herder and Sabonis. Yeah, it's not organic. Like, I guess I was thinking patient because it's been patient, but it's been patient for Sacramento only because they've been bad for so long. Yeah, I guess. They, they haven't really been way. patient made, on purpose. They made the trade last year, so I think that, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think. Can we, can we throw the Cavs in there? Because if they no. pivot here on Donovan Mitchell... And they kind of go back to the De'Aaron uh, or Darius Garland, Evan Mobley core. That to me could still qualify. It's like, okay, we kind of went off the path for a little bit with Donovan Mitchell, but then we traded him because we didn't think we could re-sign him in a couple of years. And we got a bunch of picks and some good role players around for to be around Garland and Mobley. That is interesting to me. I feel like there's, I, I, they're off the path, but they're not so far off the path that they can't just kind of pull the steering wheel left and get back on the road. I think I think the Donovan Mitchell trade negated this. I mean, if you think about the teams we were using as examples, the Nuggets, the Warriors, this or that, they didn't trade for their best player and then lose that guy at any point. Their best players grew through every stage. And Donovan Mitchell came in and was the best player. And if he leaves, then they'll have a new best player again. So to me, they don't count. Um, what about a, a couple of uh, one last sneaky one here? And it shouldn't actually be that sneaky. Detroit. They're really early in this, really Very. early. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of curious to see if they're a team like the Nuggets. I followed the Nuggets. Their first two years, nobody was talking about them as the next team. You know, it, it took yeah. a couple of years before that before that kind of picked up steam. I wonder. I mean, we're gonna have to wait and see. There's a lot of questions with with what they're going to become. But you know, Osser Thompson um, projects to be a really good player. Kate Cunningham, really good player. That's already a really it good. Is start. Similar. It, it's a little similar to the. OKC model where what made Denver interesting was that they kind of took small ball and turned it into skill ball, right? And now obviously I had Jokic in the middle of it who could do all these things at the center spot that are just transformative for their organization. What's the next thing? And it would just be like, okay, all five guys can handle the ball and do and make decisions. And that's what OKC has built. And Detroit is sort of kind of starting to do that a little bit. I like the pick. I, I like Detroit's young core. I think people are sleeping on them. I wouldn't put that. It's a worthy honorable mention. It is too early to throw them in here. Yeah. Um, all right. Next. I got one, one, hold on. Oh, one one last one for you. We don't have to do it. Just Minnesota. I know they got Gobert, so that kind of negates it the same way. If Cleveland you negated does. Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs, you can't include. But Minnesota. Gobert's not their best player. He's just like a really high level. He's like Paul Millsap. You know, he's like right. Denver brought in Paul Millsap for a while. Try to Denver help brought in Paul up. Millsap for seven first round picks and like, yeah, seven first round expensive Paul Millsap. <laughs> if they. They could kind of do that. Hey, if we trade Gobert, but then if they trade Cat, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. But Jaden McDaniels, Ant, and Cat are all homegrown, and that is future one, two, three. So it's pretty good. Um, talking about the future, could there be a Deion Sanders model applied to the NBA? We're just talking about models today, Adam. Just models, Nuggets yeah. model, Deion Sanders model. It's all just the Colorado model yeah. is the theme of today's show. We're going to continue that conversation next here on Locked On NBA. Today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I love my Bird Dogs. They make me look good with their stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. To put it another way, Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better, and they're way better than regular shorts that are made of uh, stiff, restricting cotton. 
You don't want that. So Bird Dogs fixes the issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Plus, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And I know that we're getting into the fall season here, Adam, and I get that people are starting to get a little bit chilly, trying to get maybe your sweat, mm. invest in some new sweatpants. Guess what? Bird Dogs has those too. They got a series of joggers that are just as comfortable as the shorts, but they go longer on your leg because they're pants, and that's how that works. Uh, and if you live in Florida, it doesn't matter what season because it's just going to be hot anyway. So just keep wearing shorts. Trust me. Get yourself a pair of Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA or enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs uh, hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NBA for a free hat at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Welcome back to Locked On NBA. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. What if we made a quarterback's Netflix reality show style show for the NBA? We're going to do that in the next segment. But right now, the biggest story in sports is Coach Prime. Adam, you're in mm. Colorado. It's happening in your backyard. What's it like on the ground right now? What's the Deion Sanders fever like? It is insane. It's crazy. It's, honestly, I said this after after the very first game. I think I said it during the very first game. Coach Prime is the biggest story in all of sports. Yes. This was, by the by the way, the week before the NFL started. There's hype around the NFL season. Coach Prime is the biggest story in sports. It's unbelievable the amount of attention and intrigue that he has commanded out here. Not just when we talk about television numbers and all that different things, but look who's flying out here. Kawhi Leonard left his house to come to Boulder the other Of all places, to Boulder. Has Kawhi ever been to Boulder before that? <laughs> no way. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> uh, it, it's, I, I'm so interested to get your perspective on it because here in Miami, it's still, you know, it, it's all over yeah. ESPN. We get the same ESPN you guys get. So it's like all, it's all over yeah. the, it's everything. It's what even like local radio is talking about. Like there's just, you can't not talk about it. And every once in a while you get a story like this um, and then eventually it'll burn out and we'll get sick of it. But it just, for whatever reason, a combination of factors, it captures the imagination and the passions of everybody um, well, that loves sports. Well, Wes, think about this. College game day last week for, for CU versus Colorado State. College game day and uh, is it called Fox Big One? Yeah, yeah, the Fox One Big Noon. They both came out here. One of them, it wasn't even on their station. Can you imagine yes. if TNT brought the Inside the NBA crew to San Antonio when they were broadcasting a Lakers-Nuggets game? You know, like a right. completely different city. We're going to that city even though we're covering a completely different game. And and so, look, there's so many things with Deion Sanders that's interesting here. The thing that I want to focus on is just sort of the model that he has put together because, um, look, in, the, in, in, in football, you tend to – follow the same pattern in terms of coaching hires. If you have an offensive minded coach and you're bad, then you fire him and then you get a defensive minded coach, right? Or vice versa. If you're right. defensive, and that tends to be the pattern. Obviously there's exceptions, but that tends to be the pattern. In the NBA, you don't really have that. Yeah. In the NBA, you don't have like, I don't, you don't really think of coaches as like offensive leaning or defensive leaning. Of course there's like exceptions like Tom Thibodeau is like definitely defensive leaning, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like for the most part, I, I think in the NBA, coming. it's a little bit more like, motivator and tactician and if you've got a motivator coach who doesn't work you fire you fire them and then you go and hire a tactician and then if the tactician doesn't work then he just wasn't getting through to the players so you hire sort of like a more of a player relationship guy i think about uh the toronto raptors they had dwayne casey 
who is more of a relate to the players kind of guy. They fire him, get the tactician and Nick Nurse. That works out a little bit. They win a championship, obviously, but then they fire him and then they go the other way um, and they hire Radakovich, who's basically a, uh, you know, I don't mean to put him in a box right now, but he's all the stories out of Toronto right now is how well he talks to players, right? Mm. And so that's sort of the thing. So in the NBA, you kind of go motivator tactician instead of offense defense. But it, we end up just kind of retreading is my point here is you kind of go through that pattern. The interesting thing about Deion Sanders is it just blew up the whole model. It just blew up the pattern. And they were just like, let's just go get a superstar personality who can bring, bring excitement to the program and obviously get talent. And then he's going to hire great coordinators and a great staff because we've got more money. We've got all this stuff. We've got a ton of excitement. And, and he can recruit not just players, but a great staff as well. And I'm just wondering, like, can that model work in the NBA where you have almost like a figurehead? And that's, I don't mean that to be disrespectful to Deion Sanders, but I just don't know a better word to, to use here, where you have a guy at the top who is inciting like uh, 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 passion through your fan base that, that is desperately needed and then can hire the staff to kind of do the X's and O's part of all of that. Right. Yeah. Um, and obviously I think it would have to be a former player if it's going to be part of this model. Is there anybody that kind of, comes to yeah. mind when you think about this. Well, first of all, I think your point about coaches is correct that in my experience, coaching is as much about leadership. Like they're they're as much the CEO of the team as they are anything and that it's just like we got to keep this group together, we got to define what our goals are and 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 make sure everybody's pulling in the same direction. That's like half the job of coaching and the strategy and stuff. Oftentimes assistants do take the lead on that and a coach will have input and sometimes coaches are more influential than others in that. But the leadership part is just so important and so time consuming. I, I talk about it as like an iceberg, and I agree with you 100%, Adam. It's like the X's and O's, like the sideline out of bounds play that's really cool right. that goes viral right. on Twitter is the right. tip of the iceberg. But most of the job is under the ocean. It's all that stuff uh, that that goes behind the scenes that nobody really knows unless you're yeah, close the to culture, the team or on the team. The culture, the identity of the team. And I would you say know, maybe the, the closest target. thing to this right now in the NBA is maybe Steve Kerr, having covered that team as closely as I did. Like, he's not really involved in the X's and O's as much right, as you would think. Right. Like, he, if anybody has, like, he's got defensive coordinators, right? Yeah, he has, he like, a Ron right. Adams on his staff and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but so, he's but, not, but he doesn't qualify because he's not loud and boisterous no, and, no, no, and no, exciting no. like yeah, Deion Sanders different. is. So I don't know that it can be a coach. The thing about Coach Prime is that mm. in college football, you can recruit, and recruiting is half the battle. And so yeah. like the coach, and that's a main job. And that's where his salesmanship and all of those things that he can build that helps recruiting. More than like anything. a GM. Well, so I actually, when I was thinking about this, was more thinking ownership. Um, and I was thinking about how different Matt Ishbia has made the vibe in Phoenix. Now, it hasn't quite paid off. And in my opinion, I think there's a little like disaster potential there. I mean, the guy did get into a scuffle with a star player during a playoff series. He might have a little Cuban to him. But to me, that's the where in the NBA level, you can create the biggest culture shift, especially since like you're – you can't just like recruit or transfer portal or these types of things, right? There's rules around that. And salary. So one cap. thing I would push back on that is nobody wants to play for an owner. Like, like well, Kevin Durant doesn't want to play for Matt Ishbia. He just wants to, he wanted to play with Devin Booker and in Phoenix, right? Like, but hold up, but hold up. You're right about this, that nobody is saying like, I'm going to this team for that ownership group or whatever. But I do think they have the biggest impact on the culture. And what is this team known for? What is their identity? I mean, Utah brought in Dwayne Wade as this like my, and then you had Jay Z with Brooklyn years back, where it was like the whole idea was if we hide, like, we give Jay Z yeah. a little equity, are we cool now? But they've tried it and it doesn't work, right? Because Dwayne Wade's like 
barely ever in Salt Lake City. And Jay-Z <laughs> left Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, after like two right. years or whatever it was. Like, there's too far removed. I like the Maybe I Maybe they didn't know Dion. how to do it like Prime, though. I just if you imagine if you were given Coach Prime that same deal, I think he would have probably the thing about maximized Dion, it a little more. The thing about Dion that I think is different is that as the head coach, you get to talk to the media every day. And you get to absorb things from the players. Like, you don't yeah. worry about it. I got this. Right. And if the owner or even the general manager is talking to the media every day, that's problematic. That's not good, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, that's Jerry Jones. Yeah. Like, that's not good. And so, I I don't know. I just, I don't disagree with you. Like, yeah, the owner is the person that can kind of top down control the culture. But if we're talking about specifically the Deion Sanders model, I just think it has to be the head coach. And that, to me, is the question is like, would that work? Because you're right. I, there's questions about whether it would work in the NBA. But that's sort of what I want to explore. But, but the reason I brought up ownership is we all know LeBron wants to own a team. Yeah. There's rumors that maybe he wants to own it in Las Vegas. And I just wonder, like, Michael Jordan bought a team and was work. kind of a silent owner. Yeah. You know, like, he he was so famous in his day that he was like, I don't need to work on my fame. That just comes to me. And in some parts, it's true. But I do think as the years gone on, nobody identified Charlotte with Michael Jordan. That wasn't like right. we're flooding to Charlotte to play for him. They're too far removed. And, but also, I just don't like he could have been in the camera more. He could have maybe, you know, it could have been a known as a thing like, oh, if you go to Charlotte, you become Jordan's friend. And like, this is how that right. works. He didn't want that. He didn't go for it. But I do wonder if LeBron coming up in a different era where these things, this self-promotion and online stay in the news, if it's a little bit more in him. Mm. And if Las Vegas becomes the CU Boulder of professional basketball, where it's like, <laughs> Hell yeah, I want to live in Las Vegas in the winter and play for LeBron. And LeBron has all the celebrities in Vegas and at the games all the time. And now all of a sudden, Vegas is the new Lakers, where it's like that's what the Lakers built their reputation on in the 80s is there's celebrities everywhere. It's fun. This is this is showtime. I just wonder if LeBron could bring that to as an owner to a to an organization. I would be very curious to see if that's the case. I don't think he would ever coach. I think that's probably too much. No. Uh, in the weeds for him. Um, I want to throw some other names at you. Okay. Two names that I'm going to eliminate, but I thought of. Uh, because the other part about Deion Sanders is that he's so respected by the current generation, even still. And part of yeah. it is, like, I don't know that, well, I do know that none of his players currently watched him play in the right. 80s for the Cowboys. Right. But, right. you know, there's the highlights. There's the arm behind the head, you know. And, and and then, obviously, he was in broadcasting for a while, keeping his name in the game. And he's he can't not be in in the public. He's also media. so charismatic that even I think most of these players don't know anything about him, but then they meet him and they're like, oh, wow, this guy's energy is unbelievable. And he'll tell you, like, go look up my YouTube clips and then they yeah. will. And they're like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. So I was trying to find like, OK, what's that charisma? Who's like kind of still who could still impact players today and, and kind of garner that respect just by walking through the door? Two guys I thought of, but I'm going to eliminate because they don't qualify is Dwayne Wade and Allen Iverson. Uh, Why I would think- you eliminate Iverson? I don't think Iverson would ever do the stuff that Deion Sanders is oh. doing. I just, I don't think he would do, I don't think that's his personality. He seems much more like kind of quiet and kind of just doing his own thing in retirement yeah. these days. Um, and then D Wade is just too polished. He's way too polished uh, in front of the media. He's a game show host. He's not coach prime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, totally. even though the players these days adore Dwayne Wade and still talk about him. Iverson, you threw to the side a little bit. I will say that I think Coach Prime is more thoughtful and strategic. Like he he's not only naturally cool and all these right. different things, but he also is thinking about how to present and this that. Whereas I think Iverson is obviously as cool, if not cooler, than Coach Prime, even just in terms of like this magnetic thing. But I don't think he's cognizant or or thinking about 
And he doesn't like the spotlight. Like, like, he never really yeah, liked the spotlight. Yeah. He didn't like talking with the media. Like Deion Sanders loves talking to the media. Like it's his yeah. favorite part of the job, I think. So it's like, I don't, I don't know that Iverson would, would even want to do it. One other guy. And I kind of like this. Kevin Garnett. First of all, oh, his presence. One. Seven feet walking through the door to every press conference and every locker room. He would scare the bejesus out of young people. Yeah, reporters. no way. <laughs> like, and, and and he's still he's on TV a little bit now. He's he's still Kevin Garnett. He's got he's a champion. Um, people know who he is. I think he would garner respect from current players. Kevin Garnett yeah. would be interesting to me. Yeah, it's so different. And basketball and football too different. College and pro too different. This is why I don't know if it works. Because Coach Prime, again, is he a good coach? I don't know. You coordinators take a lot of the play calling and this or that, so it works. In the NBA, I just think that you need a little bit more actual coaching. And I did, that's the part where I just don't know. Is Kevin Garnett a good coach? Is Allen Iverson a good coach? I just don't know if these guys actually have – They don't have to be good coaches. they got to hire the staff that's good coach. Well, I, right, yeah, right. I don't know if it you, works in basketball that way. Make, I'm going to give you two more names, and then I actually have the name that works, and you're going to agree with oh. me on it. But I'm going to give you two more that we're going to throw out. I, I don't yeah. believe in any of these, but I'm going to give you the one at the end here that I is going to happen. Charles Barkley, I just wanted to <laughs> – it would be funny. <laughs> All right. Just thought it would be interesting. Uh, J.J. Redick, because he loves the sound of his own voice. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't really qualify. He wasn't yeah. like a superstar the way Deion Sanders was. doesn't really qualify. He's Here's the answer. He's a superstar to bloggers and, and, and NBA fans. I don't know if he's a star to NBA players. He loves and the NBA Twitter. NBA X loves J.J. Yeah. Redick. But um, the answer is Draymond Green. <laughs> no way. What? <laughs> Come on. He's got the he, we know he's got the basketball IQ just like yeah, for sure. the football IQ. He loves this. He loves to talk with the media. Like loves yeah, it. Yeah. He's good at it. Yeah. Players would respect him. He's a champion. Yeah, okay. He's got the credibility. He could hire a staff. He's not He could be a great coach. This is like regular good coach. Like Ty Lue's a great coach. Like this is not Draymond Green is creating a pro, coach prime situation. Like I don't, you don't think the, has, the national media would love a Draymond Green head coach. Like it would be whatever team he coached would be the story of the NBA. Especially if they won their first two games. It might, it's like as good as we're going to do in this exercise. It's as good as we're going to do. But to me, it's like one one hundredth of a coach prime. I don't know that you all these free agents are flooding the, you know, to, to uh, coach Draymond. I'm taking that as a W. I don't care. <laughs> right. um, what if we casted a quarterbacks style reality show, but for the NBA, we're going to do that next year on Locked on NBA. Today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by DoorDash. Do you need fresh groceries for the week, but don't have time to go to the store? Try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. That's right. DoorDash isn't just for a meal here and there, a lunch in the middle of your busy day. You can get your errands done with it too. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers also. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them for yourself. Want even more value? You could save on all of your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. I have that. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order, up to $20 in value when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms do apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order 
when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store or enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. So don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order of your groceries with DoorDash. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. So every sport now has a reality show on Netflix based on its stars, right? You've got the Formula One one, F1, which kind of started the trend. You have the golf one, which is called like swing, I think. And then you've got quarterbacks, which might end up usurping the HBO hard knock show as like the offseason NFL show. So I just like the NBA has got to be next, right? The NBA is so player forward. It's almost strange that they don't have one, right? And maybe we'll see one because there's this new like HBO Max partnership thing. Like if something hits HBO or if there's a reality show, it probably would go there. I would just be my guess. But it's just strange to me, Adam, that we don't have it already. So I wanted to kind of build one ourselves. So the way the quarterbacks model works is they have like three players. They had Patrick Mahomes, they had uh, Kirk Cousins, and they had Marcus Mariota. So Patrick Mahomes, superstar. So you got one superstar. Kirk Cousins, sort of like your definition of average quarterback. So kind of is he or isn't he kind of our guy type storyline with him. And then Marcus Mariota, who is basically clinging to his spot in the league, but was also like a former top 10 pick, right? And so you had different kinds of interesting storylines throughout the season. What if we were to do that in the NBA? So we would have a superstar, maybe like a more average-ish player, and then like another player who is basically just trying to hold on to a spot in the league. What do you think about this idea? Well, I like the idea, but I like, I thought of this more as that that's the theme you had one, you know, quarterbacks. And then you had three different types. I thought of several different themes was kind of the way I went to it. So I'll give my first one is trade block. (laughs) I thought Damian Lillard, James, Tyler, Tyler hero. You got three players all involved in trades, rumors and different parts. And you're kind of following them. So the show is called trade block. I mean, it's the NBA. What do we talk about in the NBA? We talk about trade rumors. This is in the NFL. Maybe they don't talk about these things. They have their own show. The NBA has their version. I love this because then you're you're, so you have to follow them. Basically, if if they've demanded the trade, you could follow them at the start of the season and see if they get traded midseason or if they've already been traded in the offseason. You could follow them afterwards in their new environment. And then as news reports come in, you get all three people reacting to it. So you kind of get the both sides of the. I would love the scene of like. Damian Lillard like looking at his phone and just like at a at a Woj tweet and just being like that's BS you know like like, him (laughs) responding to the actual tweet like would be great I love that as an idea that's better than anything I came up with honestly (laughs) (laughs) um I kind of went more like in that that quarterback that quarterback model where I was like I want to follow a superstar who could legitimately be like hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season right and so I kind of thought about going with Kevin Durant. He is a superstar among superstars. He's in Phoenix. They're a legit contender. But then I was like, I don't know that I want to watch Kevin Durant that for 10 shows. Like no, nothing gets like we know the Kevin Durant show. Like we know we we kind of already know what that's going to be. So I actually went with one of his teammates. I would be very interested in watching Devin Booker kind of navigating like Kind of he was he was always the guy in Phoenix. Now he has all these superstar teammates. You got the new brash owner, you got the new TV thing going on in Phoenix. Like Phoenix definitely will be interesting. To getting up one of the guys from Phoenix is big. And following it through his kind of point of view, I think would be very interesting too. Um, so I had Devin Booker as my guy. I also had Joel Embiid for the same reasons you had him in trade block. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I would have Joel Embiid potentially there. Uh, but I, I, I like having Devin Booker as sort of my superstar. Um, my kind of like average-ish player. To me, I like the like, is he or isn't he the guy for us kind of storyline. Because I think that there's like an intrinsic uh, uh, stakes to that. So I had the guy like Brandon Ingram and Zach Levine. I was like, those two guys are interesting to me. Just because it's like Brandon Ingram would you would like you would get like the Zion stuff on the fringe, so that's all yeah. interesting. I, I will say Brandon Ingram is like supremely uninteresting to me. That's the problem. So that's <laughs> why I like Zach Levine because he's actually like a good yeah. talker and stuff, and and yeah. you get the Chicago market and everything that comes with that. So Brandon I had Zach Ingram Levine. might be a silent film, but you know <laughs> he, he said it. He's like, hey man, there's a camera here. There is. And then my third one, my third one was like fringe guy. And I like the idea of being like a former lottery pick who thought he was the man. And now it's like, maybe not. I had Killian Hayes from Detroit. Okay. They draft Cade Cunningham yeah, and Jaden cool. Ivey over him. They still have Alec Burks and Monty Morris there. They just drafted us Sarah Thompson, who's going to get a lot of playing time on the wing. So it's like, where does Killian Hayes fit in as a former lottery pick? And because he was drafted in 2020, this is the final year of his contract. So he could legitimately be out of the NBA. So there's a ton at stake for him. And then you get like that interesting Detroit storyline there as well. And, and you and I agree that Detroit is interesting, evidently. So that's who I went with. All right. I got another one for you. I got two more for you that might Me be too. interesting. Let's do it. One of these would be new team. This is new team. Guys getting integrated to new teams. So you get right. Bradley Beal. Same okay. reason. Going to a new market. you got to fit in all those interesting characters around him. Yeah, Chris you've Paul. Got, you've got Jordan Poole. Ooh. You know, new team, new player. Is he as good and as he And he would love that camera, man. He would love that camera. He, he would give you some good stuff, I think. And then I was trying to decide for the last one if I should go with Marcus Smart or Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Porzingis in a bigger market, you know, so there might be there more known mm. name. But Marcus Smart with John Morant situation, all that stuff could be interesting as well. I would go with Porzingis because I think the Boston thing sells. Yeah. And I don't really need to hear more from Marcus Smart. <laughs> this seems a little personal. I'm not going to lie. This, one, <laughs> this is like how I refuse to watch Winning Time because it's about the Lakers. I'm just right. like, you know what? I'm not doing Good it. Good news for you. It's canceled. Um, yeah, it's canceled. I'm not, I'm not shedding a tear over this. Uh, what's the third one, Yen? So the, uh, the last one I have for you, and I had a couple others, but the last one I had was Marcus, market size bias. So okay. I thought you, so you get the Austin. Austin Reeves, what's it like for Austin Reeves? He's a pretty good player, pretty good player, but in Los Angeles. You get Jalen Brunson, I would say very good player in New York. And then you get Jamal Murray, NBA champion in Denver. So you get each coast, you know, east and west coast, and then you get right in the middle with probably the best player of the group, and you just see the contrast between the market sizes. You You could call it point guard. I know Austin Reeves isn't technically a point guard, but whatever. Just, we could call it. We could call it point guard. It works. I like it. Um, I think Russell Westbrook has to be in this show somehow, and I don't know how. <laughs> but the Clippers are so supremely me, boring though. that I don't want to watch it. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's a good. You one. would just like you would never see Kawhi in the episode. It's like where is he? He's hurt. Doesn't matter. Could you, yeah, that's so true. Could you do one with owners? Can we do like Balmer, Ishbia, and oh my god, in Cuban? <laughs> Nobody would watch that. Just the contrast in styles that's, of that's ownership. Just called, that's just called billions. That we already have yeah. that show. It's, it actually might be more compelling if you really think about it. It might be more. Wait, Ishbia, you got the who's the, guy, who's the guy Ishbia hates? Uh, Nikola Jokic. 
No, no, no. The other owner that Ishbia doesn't like. I oh, think- oh, uh, Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert. Okay, so we need Dan Gilbert. Oh, Ishbia, the- <laughs> and this is basically just WWF. Like this is just that's a wrestling show. I'm with it. Um, all right. I think we just had a bunch of million dollar ideas that we're not going to make a cent off of, but that's okay. Ugh. That's what we do here. We just make content. That's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do. Adam, it's been real. The show is going to be back on Monday with the biggest stories from your NBA weekend. Until next Friday, you can find me over at Locked on Heat. Adam's over going to be at, is going to be over on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for making Locked NBA your first listen every day.